When is Late Model Live coming on tonight? Oh my God! We got Weaver, Beaver, Kevin Weaver wins! There's no green light! The race of the year! Forget about it! I don't want to hear nothing else! Glad to see all our fans are out tonight. <laughs> I hope they appreciated that ass kicking. And y'all, I know you love me. I mean, Dirt on Dirt's interviewing me right now. You got to be kidding me. Who's it gonna be? At the line! Oh, no! The winner of the inaugural Dirt Million, Earl Pearson Jr. Oh my, Shannon Bad wins it! Are you kidding me? The kid can wheel a truck. The kid can wheel a play model. Oh, hell yeah! At the line, it's gonna be Jonathan Davenport! This is one of those days you literally can't find anything to complain about because it's such an awesome day. This is your race day report for... It's going to be Scott Bloomquist winning his eighth Dirt Late Model Dream. He's off, move over, new race of the year. Into turn number three, Davenport blocking, Shepard slides out. Davenport answers, Shepard wins, Shepard wins. Where do I click? Oh, look at the thing tonight. But for right now, sit back and relax, and most importantly, welcome to DirtOnDirt.com. Now join Michael Rigsby from the Dirt on Dirt studio for Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. This is Kaiser's Manufacturing's Late Model Live for Tuesday, October 15th. And turn, yes, that's right, it's a suave takeover, but we have a special treat for all of you. We got a special guest, he's sitting in my chair, and it's none other than Gordy Gundaker. Gordy, you got some big shoes to fill, but you're clutch. I mean, you passed Shannon Babb on the final lap at Farmer City, and then the night before, you passed Bobby Pierce on the last lap. So you have that clutch gene. Are you ready for this, bud? Absolutely. I'm pumped. Uh, let's do this. Oh, a little nervous there, it sounded like. But, you know, we'll get, this, we'll get you going. We'll get you going. But coming up in the next hour, we recap this weekend's biggest races, this past weekend's biggest races, with sound bites and reactions. Gordy, how about falls this past weekend? It was vintage, and where were you, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> where was I? Yeah, no, we just uh, ended up staying home. But, yeah, dude, Falls uh, Falls always puts on a great show. That's why I love that place. One of the best racetracks in America, and uh, the racing racing shows it every time. You know, Shep, you got it done again. And Mike Norris, when he announces turn, that guy just he, – he is Fairberry. Oh like, if you think of Fairberry, <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. Like, it, it's just perfect for him. It's perfect, man. He's – He's made for Fairbury. Oh, yeah. Also, I go one-on-one -on -one with Gordy in a pay-attention segment. You won't want to miss that. And for the 12th year in a row, Carl Short will join the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline to preview the Dirt Track World Championship in Portsmouth, Ohio this weekend. Turn, what were you doing 12 years ago? Playing video games in your undies? <laughs> I mean, were you even a lot born yet? Yes, I was born. Do you not realize I'm 26? I, mean, I know. Can you we, not do simple math But here? your cute little turn. Yeah, I just imagine you yeah. 12 years ago playing your I, undies, video games. I was games. probably playing like Super Nintendo or something. I mean, or PlayStation 1. It's been a while. Yeah, Gordy, uh, you're a St. Louis boy. So what was your like overall general thoughts of the Dirt Track World Championship? Because, you know, I'm from Illinois, and I really didn't get make it out to that race until I wor started working for Dirt on Dirt. Yeah, you know, I've actually never even been out there. Um, you know, I've met, I've met Carl plenty of times. Dad and him go way back. You know, it's an awesome race. Uh, I've always talked about going out there, just haven't made it out there yet. But, um, you know, every year it seems to be a good show, and uh, I guarantee there'll be another one this weekend. And by the way, your hair looks phenomenal right now. Like, it is just perfectly gelled. Who has better flow here? There, there's a double uh, box. Yeah. It's not even close. I'm it's like, not even close. I have the thinnest hair in the world, and Gordy just looking good. I think that's better than Ben Shelton's. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> Guaranteed. <laughs> well, guys, let's get this party started. Dirt Track World Championship style with five things. Number one on five things, in the words of Mike Norris, this is Shepherd's World, and we are just living in it. And that was exactly the case Saturday at Fairbury for the Falls Frenzy, where Brandon Shepherd picked up the $15,000 payday. But it wasn't easy for our boy from New Berlin, Illinois. For the first 30 laps, you saw an old-school lead-swapping showdown between Billy Moyer and Shannon Babb. I mean, lap after lap after lap. They were side-by-side -side before Moyer pulled away. But with 10 laps to go, the number one driver in the country, 
kept keep creeping and creeping. And then finally on lap 55 with that pass right there, Sheffy blasted by Moyer and never looked back, putting an exclamation point on the 2019 season as a DirtOnDirt.com driver of the year. It does. It feels really good. And uh, a lot of the reason why I come out here and race um, this B5 car is just to, uh, you know, Mark and the guys, they do a, a phenomenal job on the one car. And I really don't have a lot to do except for concentrating on driving and uh, and knowing where I need to be at on the racetrack. So this kind of racing the B5 kind of brings me back to reality and, uh, you know, makes me have to make some decisions and uh, just makes me thankful for what I do have with the Rocket House car. So, um, but you know, at the end of the day, it feels really, really good to win in the B5, just to get that off my back. You know what I mean? I've, it's, it seems like it's been a while since I've, since I've, uh, since I've won in this thing, even though we won a summer nationals race with it. But um, it just feels really good to come home and get one for my grandpa. My grandpa couldn't be here tonight. Um, his legs been bothering him and stuff and uh, just thankful for him thankful for my dad um, and everybody that's made my racing career what it is and and uh, just a phenomenal night you know another win for Suave Motorsports too. That guy Suave Motorsports what made it even sweeter for the Illinois driver is that he won the race in his family owned B5 car in turn I remember specifically on Labor Day weekend a few people tweeted at me saying Shepard can only win in the blue one car he's overrated and everything else well my friends it's safe to say Shepard could pretty much win in anything even a, a soapbox derby car and no doubt he was ecstatic to win in the B5 machine number two on five things death taxes and Michael Page winning at Dixie Yes, the Lucas Oil 8 Model Series was in town this time, but it doesn't matter. Page got the lead on the opening lap and held off Jimmy Owens to capture his second Dixie shootout victory. I can't even keep the track how many times he's won at has won at Dixie this year. Local show, regional show, or when the big dogs come to town, it doesn't slow down Page and his team. Yeah, I knew I had to kind of get uh, Jimmy there on the start, and it was, it was pretty rough right there. And, uh... I ain't been up there all night, so I just went for it, and uh, the car was good. I knew it was going to be pretty good from the start. and uh, Just Stinger race cars, you know, Chase King and his dad. You know, last week we couldn't even line up. You know, it's just racing. you got to kind of hold your head up and uh, just keep on getting it. Page becomes the fifth repeat winner of the Dixie Shootout, joining the likes of Scott Bloomquist, Dale McDowell, Shannon Babb, and Chris Madden. That's quite the list to be on. Number three. I see you, Big Sexy. Brandon Overton's late-season hot streak continued last Friday at Tri-County, where he picked up the victory in the Tar Heel 50. The Evans, Georgia driver grabbed the lead on the opening lap and held off repeated challenges from Kyle Hardy throughout the entire contest. But Overton was able to hold on for the five-figure payday. After sweeping last weekend's World of Outlaw events at Cherokee in 411, Overton scored his third straight victory. And turn in my NBA Jam voice, he's heating up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, racetrack moved around a little bit. Uh, right there when I was running that bottom, I had to bend too hard. My car was too tight to get down there, and I chunked my right rear tire out. Uh, when I moved to the top, I was all right, but just didn't have no tire. But, you know, all in all, like I said, we held on to get it. Uh, can't thank my crew and all. You know, they've been busting their butt. Can't thank the cultures enough for giving me the opportunity to drive. Uh, it was Sue's birthday earlier this week, so happy birthday, Sue, and uh, appreciate everything y'all do for us. And you know, hats off to Ray and everybody puts this deal on. I love coming over here. Uh, if you ain't never been, you need to come check it out. And, you know, if you don't, it's your own fault. So uh, <laughs> it's an awesome little place. Turn with these late season victories, Overton is knocking at the door as a top five driver of the year candidate. Good job, Big Sexy. Number four, we saw a father-son showdown at Atomic Speedway Saturday night as fast Freddie Carpenter held off his son Tyler Carpenter in a late race two-car showdown. Both drivers were on the top as Tyler kept showing his nose to, his, to the old man, but he was able to hold on and pick up the win. It's always neat to see a family showdown like that, and I have to admit, I secretly cheer for the dads because I have a dad bod. But either way, Freddie told his son Saturday night, I still got it. This kryptonite's been fast every time you've come to Atomic this season, and tonight was no different. Oh man, 100 bucks a lap, ain't it? Uh, I think Ty wanted to run another lap, I'm not sure. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I got to thank all these wonderful fans for coming out. It's cold as freeze their asses off and still come out here and watch us. I mean, you know, times you come out here and you, and you look up in the stands and you got to thank God for a promoter like Brad McCowan to stick with it and put on a show like this when, you, you know, you can about count the people in the stands. And uh, it's awesome that they came out. I wish more of them get off the couch and come out and watch too. 
We always rave about Scott Bloomquist's flow, but we never give this guy, the West Virginia driver, enough credit on his. I'm going to say it right now, turn. Freddie Carpenter has the best flow in all of racing. Book it right now. And finally, number five, turn. I know it's October, but this weekend was busy. I was talking to Michael Rigby today, and he pointed out that this is probably the last busy, last busy weekend of the year. So here are some quick hitters. How about the return of Ryan Gusson, who outran Tyler Bruning to pick up a Falls Nationals win at Wheatland? I always say late model racing is better with Ryan Gustin in it. And I see you, Tony Jackson Jr., who picked up the Sunday Funday victory at Wheatland. That was for three grand. And all hail King Zach Mitchell, who collected $4,000 at the King of the Carolinas. He was able to hold off Johnny Persley a few times throughout the event. And sometimes it's better to be lucky than good. Well, how about both? That is exactly what happened to Jason Hyatt Saturday night at Talladega. The Oxford driver... The Oxford, Alabama driver survived two wrecks, but still managed to lead every lap at the B.J. Parker Memorial. And check out Florida driver Clay Harris, who passed Donnie Chapel with 10 laps to go and never looked back. Turn, roll the video of all the winners this past weekend. Oh, I mean, it was great because uh, we've had a lot of motor problems these last months, and uh, having one that finally runs, is, it's awesome. And when your plan goes together, it's just... There's no better feeling about it. How does it feel to pick up your second Southern All-Star win right here in your hometown? Man, it feels great to get that uh, Southern All-Star win, you know. We ran your series there a lot uh, a few years ago and lost a bunch of them in second places. But, uh, man, anytime you can win one of these deals is, is a big deal. Oh, man, you know, uh, this is one bad, fast race car. All the guys that helped me, man. My family, all my sponsors, my girlfriend, man. I you know, I have some great people behind me, but, uh, you know, I really wasn't expecting that start to go that way. I was really expecting Trent to blow by me on the outside, but uh, I just get a good launch up off four when we take the green. And, uh, you know, I just, I knew if I could lead that first lap, I might could maintain and, you know, set my own pace. But, uh, you know, everything paid off. We had a good race car tonight and, uh, you know, brought home the win. I'd like to thank everybody in the uh, stands for coming out tonight. I'd like to thank all my sponsors, all my help. Uh, just. Thank you for everybody for coming. Yeah, sometimes, you know, you just got to take the good with the bad. Sometimes the lap traffic helps you, sometimes it hurts you. So, um, you know, they had a pretty good pace tonight, so I wasn't real anxious to get by them. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was good. It was, especially getting down there uh, into one. You know, if you, if you were down just a little bit, you could, you know, you get your right front in that uh, brown spot and bottom out and push. Or if you were above it, you go off the racetrack, you know. So it was a fine line up there for sure. It's always neat to see regional guys pick up late season wins, and we had plenty of those this past weekend. Turn, Gordy, that was five things. And Gordy, what was your biggest takeaway from this past week? And we had a lot of racing, and like Rigsby said, this is really the last busy season of racing for us, you know, weekend-wise. Yeah, you know, honestly, um, Ryan Gustin picking up a big win really hasn't been late model racing much. That was uh, pretty cool to see, but how, uh, how can you take away from Brandon Shepard? You know, he just finds a way to get it done. One car, B5, doesn't matter. Put Brandon Shepard in a wheelbarrow. He'll figure it out. I know, exactly. Like, what do you think about, though, when people are tweeting at me at Labor Day weekend that he can't win in the B5 car and he's overrated? That's like, that's, I don't know, it's kind of pushing the limit there, I think. Yeah, you know, it's, it's obviously hard to compare to that blue one, but, you know, Brandon Shepard, like I said, he can wheel anything. I've, I've raced against him. I've known him for a long time. Uh, he just finds a way to get it done. That's just plain and simple how it is. And how about Brandon Overton picking up his 11th win of the year? He's kind of having a quiet year, and... Rigsby and me were talking about, you know, top five drivers of the year. He's in like the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, eighth range. And if he keeps, you know, winning these late season wins, I think he'll be up there. Yeah, you know, I talked to him uh, actually down in Arizona when they were first taking off in that ride. And they were kind of struggling a little bit down there. And, you know, uh, Brandon Overton's another one of those guys that, man, once he, uh, once he gets rolling, you can't really stop him. And obviously he's showing that right now. You know, so uh, whatever races he shows up to, everybody knows it right now. So they better look out. That's exactly what I say about you every time you That's unload. right. <laughs> well, we're going to keep this party going. And, you know, there's no doubt that racing is a family sport. I mean, for the most of us, the reason we got hooked into racing was because a family member took us to the racetrack when we were younger. You know, as a toddler, my dad would take me to Fairbury. And obviously this guy that left me, you know, his dad would take him racing. You know, he is a Hall of Famer. But everywhere you go, for the most part, it just has that Thanksgiving feel to it where, where you're at the dinner table, you know, whining and dining with your family and friends. Some people get in the sport because your dad, like myself, was an avid race fan. And, you know, and, you know turn, uh, turn, you went there, you know, your parents took you there. And, you know, Gordy, your dad obviously raced. And, you know, you and your brother always go to the racetrack, you know, every week during the summer nationals. But that's what we're paying attention to this week is racing families.
Joining me now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is the dude sitting across the room from me, Gordy Gundaker. Gordy, what was it like growing up in a racing family? You were virtually at a racetrack your entire life watching your Hall of Fame dad go in circles. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm pretty sure I was like nine days old the first race I was at. So I was just born into it. I think that's what I tell everybody. They always ask, how would I get into it? It's like, I don't know if I really had a choice. I'm pretty sure I have dirt in my blood. So that's just kind of the way it is. It's uh, been obviously a blessing for me because it's given me so many people, so many different things, uh, facets of life, you know, that I've grown up with now. But just absolutely love it. Um, you know, wouldn't, would rather do nothing else with my life. We're going to go down memory lane here, but what is the best memory of your dad as the racer, you know, when you're growing up watching him race? Oh, man, he has <laughs> so many. Like, it's just endless. I remember so many times going down to, like, Volusia and seeing him and Donnie Moran and Chubb Frank up there just wearing out the guardrail, old school racing, um, you know, so many wins that he had at, at Peavley and Godfrey those, those days with, like, uh, Ed Dixon and uh, Randy Cordy. They would just sit there, you know, every night and wear out the quarter panels. They were just awesome. KG is virtually at every race you attend for the most part. Obviously, he's been in the racing business for a long time, but what is the biggest thing you learned from him in your young racing career? Yeah, you know, honestly, uh, when I first started, I was obviously so hard-headed, you know, thought I knew everything, and something that he's always taught me is he, uh, he'll he forget more than I'll ever know. But, uh, you know, just the biggest thing is is taking notes and, and asking questions, not being afraid to ask those questions. I've learned from so many, from so many guys, you know, but my dad is my number one. He's just paved the way for me. He always believes in me, kind of gives me every, uh, every piece of advice that he can. Um, and that's just the best way to, you know, say it. What's the toughest thing about racing on a family team? It's not always sunshine and rainbows. I know people <laughs> think you and Trevor, you know, are just BFFs all the time, but I have a feeling it's not always, you know, perfect. Yeah. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, traveling up and down the road together, uh, you know, racing's racing's tough on you as is. So it's, it's very easy to kind of get in those tussles, um, you get there out there in those summer months when it's 98 degrees outside, everybody's sweating and working hard and, you know, you have a bad night or they might've thought you made a bad move or something along those lines. I can promise you there's been some, been some heated moments, but, um, I wouldn't trade any of them for, for anything because without those moments, you know, that's pretty much what makes our family so great is everybody, uh, from my mom, my dad and Trevor, my older brothers, all of us are just born and bred racing and that's the best way. And they are a great family. I remember the Summer Nationals this year. They, uh, I think, bought pretty much all the beer they had left in Fairburn. We had a good time there in the Summer Nationals. So, they, you know, you, your family is good people. But last question, I mentioned earlier that your dad was a Hall of Famer. Bobby Pierce's dad is a Hall of Famer. Billy Moyer Jr.'s dad's a Hall of Famer. But I have to ask, how much pressure do you think it is for you guys to live up to their racing career accolades? Yeah, you know, it's uh, obviously a tough thing. But at the same time, I think all of our dads are kind of the same um, in a sense that they, they have their own spotlight and they've always kind of wanted us to have our own, you know, I've, I've become really close with Bob, Bob Pierce and Billy Moyer, you know, the seniors, not obviously me and Bobby are good buddies and I've known junior for a long time, but they just, um, you know, it's not easy by any means because so many people, you know, see Billy Moyer as one of the best drivers ever and Bob Pierce, same way. And my dad's in the hall of fame. So those guys have, you know, got it done for 20, 30, 40 years, and, you know, so there's definitely a shadow, but I think it's easier whenever they're there supporting you. Um, obviously, Bob and Bobby go to the races nonstop. You know, I know senior and junior work together. So and that's kind of how me and my dad are. I think that pressure kind of went away a little more after, um, you know, a couple of years of realizing that they're not trying to make us step in their shoes. They want us to fill our own. No doubt about that. And every time you win a big race, Summer Nationals race, a local race, your dad and your mom are always the first ones there. So it's pretty cool. You get that hug from your dad. And we have some cool shots we showed there earlier of him. You know, he's very proud of you. You can definitely tell that. Yeah, yeah. He's always uh, the, the most animated one of the group. He gets all fired up about it. Well, usually our Twitter question goes along with pay attention. But since this is the last crown jewel event of the season, I'm keeping this Twitter question simple. There are several contenders to win this weekend's Dirt Track World Championship. Who's your pick and why? Let us know and use the hashtag LateModelLive. If you're right, maybe I'll let you take my place in Suave's Lock of the Week because I'm god-awful and I'm like four in a million. You're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live.
Tyler Herb is best on the first race of the year, the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series. Tyler Herb dominant in night number two of the Winter Nationals. He picks up his third victory of the season. For the 38th time in his career, for the second straight night and the 39th time in his career, for the third straight night, Brandon Shepard will make history at the 48th Annual Dirt Car Nationals. He wins all four World of Outlaws events. the best product on the market. I mean, we've had zero failures. We've never had a failure. Great people to work with, got the best hymns on the market. FK Rod ends on everybody's stuff. Um, she sponsors events, but anybody that knows anything to do with racing knows FK Rod ends, that's for sure. I think it means a lot when you got people behind you that stand behind you and believe in what you're doing. Uh, like I said, it just makes for everybody to have pretty good success. Automotive has franchise for Ford, Kia, Chevy, GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. We cover heavy-duty hauling or vehicles for the driving enthusiast. At any Mark Martin location, you'll find a large selection, variety, and great prices. MarkMartinAutomotive.com gives you 24-hour access to every location. Browse inventory, apply for credit, and schedule your delivery. We can arrange for delivery anywhere in the U.S. or pick you up at an airport. Give us a chance to earn your business, and you'll see why everyone wins at Mark Martin. One lap to go, Bobby Pierce leads us off of four. Gordy going to the inside, Bobby Pierce gonna wheel his way down the outside, down the back straight away, here comes the G-Man, can he go back to back? Ah, but turn number four, Gordy! Pierce hits the wall at the line! Gordy Gundaker back to back at 11! Showcase at Mighty Macon, that track never disappoints. Ruben Morales was jacked up. Gordy Gundaker was jacked up. I was jacked up. Gordy, how does it feel, though, to win the Herald and Review 101? Allegedly, it was 101 <laughs> laps. I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, hey, we'll never know. I know my uh, bank account got about 5,000 heavier, though, so I uh, still got that trophy. But it was uh, awesome. Just a surreal night. Uh, it's always great to beat a guy like Bobby. I've tried so many times to beat that guy, and uh, to do it like that was awesome. So put on a show for the fans. Back-to-back -back winter there, and it was uh, you know, a couple late nights there at uh, Old Mighty Macon, but it was a good time. Yeah, it sure was. <laughs> Turn, what did our tweeples decide who was winning the Dirt Track World Championship this week? And let's see the Twitter you know, responses. All right, first one from Chris Rockwell says, T-Mac has been sneaky good second half of the season. I say the 39 puts it all together this weekend. What do you think on that, Swap? I, nope. No. Not going to win. I think he'll get a good top five. He's always consistent in the crown jewels, but... I don't, I don't think so. All right, Gordy, you want this next one here? Yeah, let's see from Racing Jason. He says, Josh Richards always runs good there. Book it. Bet the farm. Ooh, he's going big he's time. He's going a shot. Man. I like it. The Red Clay Rebel, too. So, I don't know. What do you think, Gordy? I don't know. Josh Richards has won two years in a row, but I just don't think it's going to be a third. Joey says, Shepard. Uh, it's not spelled right, but we'll, we get what you're saying, Shepard. Hard to beat, period, this year. <laughs> Going on a limb there, yes, he's very hard to beat this year. But, Joey, I, I tend to agree with you. He's going to be pretty solid. Mark Richards loves his uh, six-figure pain days, so he'll be always up there. And he's won two of the past six, so Brandon Shepard's a good choice. Turn, how about this one? All right, from Mike Ferryman says, Bloomquist, he's due for a big win. Man, I'm trying to think, like, when's the last time Bloomquist has won one? Not this year. Yeah, it's been a while. I feel like... Uh, this is like a time where he just crawls, like he's like yeah. the Undertaker where you comes out of the coffin like the GIF is so famous that it's going to be Bloomquist. I think it could happen. I think it could happen. He's always shows up for these big paying races. All right, I'll take this one. Rich says, hashtag late model live. Richards knows how to get around the track, but too many ups and downs going with at Jamie Owens. And I don't know, guys. I think he's always the quiet assassin in these crown jewels, especially with the last couple of years with, you know, 
Davenport, Shepard, and obviously Bloomquist. It always seems like Jimmy Owens gets no credit. Am I wrong about that, Gordy? No, definitely not at all. I, that's one thing about Jimmy. He's always there. He's, you know, won some big races. I think, you know, and honestly, if he wouldn't have uh, had, you know, some bad luck, he'd have a lot more big races in the last couple of years. All right, is that it, Turn? Last one. You got it, bud. You finished it strong Smoke. for us, buddy. Smoke. Smokey Madden. He's been really consistent in the Crown Jewels since joining Team Zero. Smoke. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good one. Chris Madden's been on it since he's got back in the Team Zero cars, so I wouldn't count that man out because, uh, you know, he's found a way to win these big pain races lately. And if I'm mistaken, though, I'm pretty sure, like, since I've been going to Portsmouth since 2012, I don't think I've really ever seen him there, so... I could be wrong about that, but I, I don't remember him at least being, you know, contention and stuff like that. But turn, we had plenty of racing this past weekend. Do we have any movers and shakers in the Bilstein Shocks Top 25? Not a whole lot this week, honestly. Uh, pretty quiet in the top 10. So you mean to tell me Shepard won a race and didn't go backwards? <laughs> I mean, we have seen that before, I feel like, where the top guy has moved. But no, uh, Brandon Shepard's still at the top with 10 unanimous votes. A uh, little bit of movement there with Chris Madden sli sliding down, uh, Brandon Overton picking up that victory. All right, let's see 11 through 20 here. Ooh, Michael Page goes from not ranked to 20th. You know, he, he's always been in the, like, fringe turn. We do this every week here on Late Model Live. He's always in that fringe of, like, that 25 to 18 range. With, you know, but he gets these wins, and obviously his big win in the Lucas Oil uh, race at Dixie put him here in the top 25, and then Scott Bloomquist goes down two, Max Blair goes up one, and let's go for the final five. One more newcomer there on 25, Shannon Babb. How about I'm, that? Okay, guys, I vote two, but some of you guys that vote in this, like Shannon Babb got fifth the other night. McKay Winger beat him, so I don't know how you guys decide to vote him in the top 25. No offense to McKay Winger and Shannon Babb, but I don't think he's a top 25 driver. Gordy, what do you think? I don't know. I've raced against that guy enough. I think <laughs> I think he could definitely be a top 25 driver. Yeah, he definitely can. But, you know, I don't know currently in the state of late model racing he's not, but he's always capable of winning a big race. It's a tradition unlike any other that we hold pretty dear at the thedirtondirt.com. No, it's not the Masters, but on the week of the dirt track, we talk to its promoter, Carl Short. And you have to remember, Carl is a busy dude this week getting ready at PRP, so we caught up with him earlier this afternoon to preview the $100,000 to win Dirt Track World Championship Friday and Saturday. Joining me now in the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline is the friend of the program, Carl Short. Carl, this weekend we'll do it for the 39th time at Portsmouth Raceway Park in Portsmouth, Ohio. But I gotta ask you, where has the time gone? Can you believe this is the 39th running of the DTWC? <laughs> I can't believe I'm even 39, Derek, let alone <laughs> doing this. And it being the 39th annual, I mean, it's just, uh, like you said, time sure does fly. <laughs> yes, it does. And one of the storylines of the event is the format change. This year, you're going back to the old qualify heat race format on Friday. The last few years, you implemented the double heat format. So what was the deciding factor on switching it back? Well, actually, there was no one deciding factor. I, I mean, there's been a lot of uh, displeasure with the drivers. I mean, some of the drivers were unhappy with the format. I mean, but that really wasn't my deciding. Actually, Derek, it's not exactly uh, just qualifying and heat racing. Actually, it's going to be a point thing between the qualifying, you get points and you get so many points for your uh, heat race, and that's the way you know it'll it'll be decided. Not just you know fast qualifiers starting up front, and you know what I'm saying. Yeah, it's kind of like the Knoxville format in the way where you get points for qualifying, and then you get heat race points too. Right, exactly, exactly, and we're we're inverting six in the heat races. Gotcha. That'll be fun then. Carl, I said earlier, you've been, we've been previewing the dirt track for 12 straight years with you. I know. I can't believe this company's been around for 12 years. I don't think Turn was even born yet. As a whole, what do you think the biggest change in late model racing has been in your eyes as a promoter the last 12 years? Um, probably technology. It seems like it just keeps getting uh, more technical all the time, Derek. And of course, uh, <laughs> more money dependent the more technical it gets naturally the more you know the more money is involved and and it just seems like it's getting more all the time 
You were the first one, Carl, that paid huge winner's purse. And I'm talking huge. When you paid $30,000 to win in 1981, then in 2015, you upped the winner's purse to $100,000 to win. I know we're a year away from the 40th annual DTWC, but I got to ask you, and Michael is making me ask you, do we have another trick up your sleeve when it comes to this event? Well, Derek, I have thought about several things, and I still haven't decided on one. It might be the same as this year, or it could be something, you know, totally different, Derek. I haven't decided for sure, but uh, I, I have about come to the conclusion uh, the purse is just about as much as it needs to be, probably. Yeah, no doubt about it. And then the $100,000 payday, the drivers really do appreciate that. Well, I certainly hope, you know, hope they do. Uh, there's a few that uh, actually sometimes I wonder if they appreciate it, Derek. <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, I guess there's a few that have other places to go and things to do. I don't know. But, uh, you know, some of them tell me how much they appreciate it. And, and then others seem to uh, avoid the race or avoid the competition or or whatever you want to say. I don't know. Come on, drivers. Appreciate what this man's doing. He's making it you know, good for the drivers. But the weather is looking pretty sporty right now. Knock on wood. I'm knocking on wood right now, Carl. But when the weather looks this promising, how much is it a relief for you and the staff? Because obviously the dirt track has seen is like it's extreme weather conditions. Um, <laughs> extreme's an understatement. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, when it looks as good as it does right now, we're absolutely tickled to death, Derek. I mean, with, like you said, some of the conditions that the dirt track is run under, um, you know, probably not many promoters in the United States would have ever even tried to get the race in. But uh, I've always, if there was any possibility whatsoever, I've always tried to get the race in. Two years ago, we had a dramatic three-car battle for the Lucas Oil Championship. Last year, we saw Josh Richards win his consecutive Dirt Track World Championship title. Now, there isn't a points battle because Jonathan Davenport has that locked up with the championship already. But I got to ask you, Carl, what is the one thing you want to see this weekend at PRP? What's on your eyes? Uh, good racing. I mean, that's what I want to see, Derek, always. I mean... You know, yeah, the point battle can be fun and and all that, but uh, you know, if there's good good racing, I mean, that's the most important thing to a good race fan. And I think actually the drivers also. I mean, I think they they like to have good racing just as much as the fans like to see good racing. No doubt about that. And last question: Your sweater game is strong, so strong. I think you have the best. You're the best sweater wearer in the whole late model racing. Simple question: Do you have a new sweater ready to go for this weekend? <laughs> no, I don't, Derek. I've got so many sweaters. You know, when you get old, people buy you socks and and ties. And since uh, you catch me in a suit at uh, usually at a, a funeral or a wedding and hopefully I don't have to go to that many of either one. I don't need many ties, so instead of ties, I get sweaters. And I told Michael last year, I, I think I've got somewhere well over 100 sweaters. Oh like I said, every you know, everybody gives me a sweater for Christmas or, you know, my birthday or it's just what I get. And, and it's not that I have bought that many, believe me, I would never, in fact, I'll probably never buy another sweater as long as I live, but, uh, you know, um, and I also told Michael, as a general rule, I usually wear the same, you know, six or eight sweaters all the time, and they just keep getting recycled, you know, they go on top in the, in the drawer, and so they're the first one that gets pulled out, and I've got, I couldn't even tell you how many brand new sweaters that I have never worn, Derek. Well, Carl, we'll let you get back to work. I know you're very busy this weekend. I want you, you know, from the Dirt on Dirt staff, good luck this weekend. And uh, thanks for taking time out of your busy day. And we'll see you Friday, bud. All right. Good deal, Derek. We'll see you all out here. Look forward to it. Thank you. Turn, I think I have to go to the, the store this week and pick up a new sweater for this weekend. Will you come and help me? I think we can go on a little shopping trip, bud. Yeah, I think so. I'll, I'll find you something. Yeah, I need to look good because Carl can flaunt those sweaters, so I need to find a perfect one for me. But we're stepping away 
for another commercial break. Be back after this on Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. One of the best DTWCs, in my opinion. Not very often you see a driver hold off Scott Bloomquist, but Shannon Babb did it that night for that many consecutive laps. That's just one of vintage Babb moments, you know, back in his young days. But, Gordy, what's the most laps you've held Scott Bloomquist from passing you, buddy? Uh, Probably a couple hundred. Yeah, yeah. I think he was I think he was trying to lap me somewhere. I think I held him off for about five or six. Well, I mean, that's better than zero. <laughs> better than zero. <sighs> I may be the worst picker of all time. This is when we usually do Suave Lock of the Week. I'm officially in the deep freeze. Turn, what's my record, actually? Am I 3-10, and 4-10? and 4-11? 4-11. and So that's yeah. I'm on pace for what the Bears are going to be this year. But good wow. God. Yeah. Wow. I threw shade in there. But oh. good God, I am terrible. Like It's just embarrassing. Like It's time to hang it up, isn't it, Turn? Yes. Yes, it is. Well, this week we got something special for us. It's Suave's Lock of the Week, Gordy Edition. Swab's Lock of the Week. Now your time to shine, Gordy. Oh, yeah, that's right. By the way, if you get this right, it goes towards my record. Just goes, saying. Goes towards your record? Yes. All right. That's or okay. wrong. Yeah, so Lock of the Week. Obviously, Brandon Shepard's been hot. Josh Richards has won two in a row, but no, no, no. Superman, baby. Jonathan Davenport. When the big money comes out, they come to shine, just like they did at the World 100 this year. Superman's going to get it done. JD, don't let me down. And do we get a post-race interview like that you did at the World 100 with Ooh. him? I know, we, I know I've heard some of the quotes on Kevin Kovacs' recorder. That was quite the stuff. So maybe we need to bring you in just in case he does win because that was beautiful content. Yeah, you know, actually the last two World 100s that JD has won, uh, I've been there for with, with Kovacs. Kovacs' mic in hand. <laughs> so he's got a lot of good content on me and JD. Uh, so... Let's hope that Kovac actually doesn't leak that, though. And that would be icing on the cake. Wins the or gets crowned the Lucas Oil champion that night and gets hundred grand. That's $175,000. Not too shabby for a Saturday night. Yeah. No. Well, I would say that uh, mostly because, you know, the pressure's off. The right pressure now. is off, and he's been getting better and better at Portsmouth. Yeah. But we have one final break. You're watching Late Model Live. Be back in a GIF. about it this weekend. I watched Kyle Larson and I watched Christopher Bell. I watched Mike Harrison. I watched Jonathan Davenport and Scott Blomquist. 
these are the best race car drivers in America. This is the BP Racing Fuels Gateway Dirt Nationals. second to none. Number two, their service is outstanding. And number three, they are on the leading edge of piston ring technology all the time. They supply rings to the best racers in motorsports, all levels. Late Model Racing Australia, this is a really cool deal that they put on, and uh, it's just a really fun time. It just keeps growing, so I can't see why, why next year wouldn't be any bigger. Let's go racing, 40 laps, here we go. But Tyler Turbo Webb, what a slingshot up onto the inside, makes slight contact with Gonti, and he's hit the wall. Gonti has hit the wall and has lost three places, but Tyler Turbo Webb charges his way through to take victory in round two and win. Hell, I think there was, what, 29, 30 cars at every show, and that, that was way better than last year, so never know when you get back next year, there might be 50. The battle is for first, Shirley holding on, but Josh Richards has been awfully quick. <laughs> oh. Shirley closes the door. Oh, my goodness sakes. He surely did, he surely did, didn't he, on the front <laughs> and down the back straightaway. Still the battle there, Brian. So now Richards to the bottom, he'll throw the oh. slider. Oh my goodness, all the way to Columbus on that one, baby. Will Shirley be able to make the crossover move? No, he is not. Jonathan Davenport, a fan right now, sitting in third, watching this great battle for the lead. The last lap, back to back. Can he do it, Bob? He looks really good, doesn't he? The Rocket Man will come off a of turn number four and book in the season. Open up with a big win at Golden Isles, and he wins the finale here for the Lucas Oil Elite Bottle Dirt Series. Josh Richards won back-to-back -back Dirt Track World Championships. Can anyone stop Kid Rocket this weekend? Or could it be our boy Tyler Erb who is piloting the best performance car? And a good fun fact here, the best team has won three straight, three straight Dirt Track World Championships. So can this? Can anyone stop Randall and company this year? He sounds like a Portsmouth guru, Gordy. Dude, Randall, Randall's a, uh, Randall's a great hand, man. That's uh, one of the best guys in Dirt Lake Model Racing, but... Nah, like you said, already said JD. That's what I'm saying. That's what I mean. I, I think uh, I think JD and them are going to get it done. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure Shepard and Richards and those guys will give them a run for their money, but JD's going to get it done. I mean, done. It, w it would be pretty wild, though, if uh, Turbo did win this weekend. That yeah. would be uh, <laughs> it would be insane. Be pretty fun. But you know what? We're going to finish this show up with five to go. Number five, congrats to Superman Jonathan Davenport, who picked up his second straight Lucas Oil Championship. The Blairsville, Georgia driver waxed his competition all year long, picking up 12 Lucas Oil victories. Entering the DTWC, JD leads Tim McCready by nearly 500 points, clinching the title before even rolling onto the track. For a driver who's just, I'm using air quotes, average, well, that's what some people seem to think on Twitter, it's pretty remarkable that he's won back-to-back -back national championships and his third since 2015. Once again, congrats to JD and company. Enjoy that champagne Saturday night. Number four, this Saturday is the 65th running of the Illinois State Championship at Peoria is a go. If you remember, this race got postponed on October 5th. Now, turn, if you look at the winner's list, of this race, it's filled with Hall of Famers. <coughs> Weaver. This weekend, I'm going with Ryan Unzicker to win the 100 lapper and taking the $5,000 back to El Paso, Illinois. Number three, for the 11th time, Lernerville will be hosting the Dirt Car Steel Stampede. Three days of racing, 11 classes, including Dirt Car Super Late Models. We'll have highlights from there. I'm going with Lernerville's firstborn son, Mike Norris, to win this weekend. No, not the announcer, Mike Norris, but the actual driver, Mike Norris. Number two, it will be here before you know it, and I know this guy across the way is very pumped. The fourth annual Gateway Dirt Nationals is only two months away, and with the late model season winding down, all eyes will be on St. Louis. Hard to believe this is already the fourth running of this event, and if you hadn't made plans yet, get on it. It's a spectacle you don't want to miss. 
And finally, number one, a sneaky $5,000 to win event at County Line is this weekend. Fuel in the I-95 series square off at the North Carolina Oval. If my boy, Matt Long, enters the event, then turn, he's going to win the event. You take that straight to the bank, and that turn, that was five to go. You ready for Gateway? Gordy will be here before you know it. Two months away. Of course, you're a former winner there at the Gateway Dirt Nationals, and uh, it's always a good time there. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I uh, I always get that question, you know, uh, you ready for St. Louis? Are you going to St. Louis? Like, you guys will just mark my name now, and I will be at St. Louis for until the, the rest until of time. The time. You will have to pull me out of the car. And me and you are like one of the few people that see it from day one when they start working and building it all the way up to Saturday night. It is crazy how they can do this all in just one week. Yeah, it's insane. You know, they, they really do. They get after it. They do a great job. And, uh, you know, we have a big party there, too, I think, every night. Turn, it's time for some shameless plugs. This is your time to shine on this uh, portion of the show. <laughs> Well, we got a little bit shorter list this week, but everything's starting to wind down a little bit. It's getting a little cooler out there, but we will have top-to-bottom coverage of the Dirt Track World Championship at Portsmouth this weekend. Also, we will have highlights and recaps and everything like that from uh, Lernerville and Peoria, so make sure to keep your eyes peeled for that on the website. And this is one. This is breaking news. You're not covering Peoria. You're busy this weekend. I am. Somebody else shooting, and you were like the Peoria beat rider, and people are going to be tweeting... Beat shooter, I guess, right? I guess yeah, it's beat not shooter, beat rider. Yeah. So, I mean, that's kind of heartbreaking for the fans because they love you when you go to Peoria, but it's okay. We forgive you. Yeah, I know. I'm going to be working the haunted house this weekend. Oh, man. You're scary as enough as it is. So, live pay-per-views. What we got for pay-per-views? <laughs> we have uh, – how about this breaking moves? We have uh, <laughs> National 100. <laughs> oh, boy. This has gone off the rails. Uh, live from the National 100, free for subscribers. So, get your DOD subscription, and that includes both days of the National 100. How about that? That is the showcase event, and you get it free for subscribe subscriber. I cannot wait for that event. What was that one two years ago? Dale McDowell and held off Scott Blumquist. That was yes. absolutely wild on a late Sunday night. Yeah, that was uh, that was a something that night. There was a wild racetrack uh, had had rain during the show, and then uh, man it turned out to be like a photo finish there with uh, Blumquist and McDowell coming to the line. We got any more? Yeah, one more. We got uh, World Finals coming up now, included in the Fast Pass. So make sure you get your Fast Pass because that will include all three nights of the World Finals. So you get to see sprint cars, big blocks, and late models all at the same track, same event, same night. It's uh, one of my favorite events of the year, really. You get to see the three premier series uh, on dirt there at one racetrack. It's it, pretty neat. I'm going to go on record. It's my third favorite event. Eldora events are number one, then the Prairie Dirt, and then. Charlotte World Finals. I love going there. And like you said, sprint cards and the big blocks. Kevin Kovacs, you know, has a full-blown chub pretty much because he loves big block modifieds. <laughs> but, uh, uh, <laughs> you like that, Kovac? Sorry about your lines last night. But uh, now it's time for the Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. And, you know, people were asking me on Twitter because I gave him a little uh, spoiler. What is Weekend with Suave? Well, this weekend at the Dirt Track World Championship, roll the video. It's a little preview tease of what's going to happen. Gordy, I know you're uh, you're wondering what the hell is Weekend in Swab going to be. Yeah, what, what do you got going on here? So here's so? the announcement. So a couple weeks ago, or actually a couple months ago, I was thinking, hey, you know, we'll be at the dirt track, and, you know, we only get 10 minutes of highlights on Saturday. I'm like, what can we do to make more content? So I decided I called my boy Boom Briggs, and he is graciously enough has accepted this. I don't know if he, it's like a good idea, but he's letting me from Thursday through Saturday night doing a video diary with a GoPro, and I'm going to be on his crew, tuning, helping him out. We get the behind-the-scenes, and I think like that's something that a lot of the fans miss in this, like the behind-the-scenes stuff. And, you know, with Boom Briggs, anything can happen. Gordy's laughing over there. He cannot wait to see this. <laughs> yeah, Boom Briggs and Suave on the, on the same crew. Man, they better have somebody following you around if they're letting you tune. Four things guaranteed will happen. There might be some bush light drink. That's his favorite beer. There will definitely be plenty of smokes that he will smoke. He smokes cigs left and right. He probably will cause a caution. I'm sorry, but he will cause a caution. <laughs> and his cousin, Chubb, if he's there this weekend, will be calling him a dumbass. I guarantee you the dumbass <laughs> counter will be very, very high turn, don't you think? Absolutely. And how about this? You know, here at February this past weekend, Ryan Unzicker had hauler problems. He cannot get it unloaded. So Jason Fager backs up his hauler, and they put from one in for Ryan Unzicker's car into Jason Fager's. They pull it out and drop it. Gordy, you even mentioned to me before the show, this happened to you at Farmer City, that, that 
Bab helped you or did you help Bab? I no, can't remember. I helped, I helped Bab actually after the, after the races while we were sitting there and I saw Shannon was kind of down in the pit area. So we went over and backed our trailer up to theirs and pushed Shannon's car across uh, into their trailer so they could load up and go home. Say what they want about race car drivers. You guys are truly the innovators, you know? Got to do what we got to do. <laughs> and we got to show this Essex beer video. This is him in victory lane with Michael Page. Just listen here. Here at one of your home tracks, you got the win. Holy. Well, that's our first beer bath in a while, isn't it? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> His first ever beer bath. And guys, you can hear him there. He was breathing pretty heavily. He was having a good time there at Dixie. <laughs> he didn't else. know what to think. And yes, the Dirt Track World Championship is coming this weekend. That is obviously the marquee thing. But I think it's not actually bigger. I'm just not going to lie to you guys. But huge fantasy football matchup this week. And of course, you know, Dustin Jarrett's constantly tweeting about our league. Yes, he's in first place. But this matchup between that guy over there, Michael Reiners, Versus me. I'm going to win. Trubiscuits and Gravy, that's yes. Turns team, is 4-2 and two versus Yokome Elgato. Look that up and translate that. But still, <laughs> I am 2-4, and four and I'm calling it right now, Turn. If I lose this week and I have Christian McCaffrey out, I'm officially done. So that I, I have to have my team perform, but that is one of the fantasy football matchups of the week. And I mean, are you nervous whatsoever? I know you get no. Sa Saquon Barkley back, which is kind of bullcrap. Yeah, I mean, I'm getting him back, and McCaffrey's going to be on uh, on bye week, so there's a little bit of an advantage there. But I have a bone to pick with DJ. Uh, Dylan Schiebel was going to beat him in fantasy this week, except for the Detroit kicker kicked roughly 100 field goals in that game to give him 21 points. So DJ has no room to brag. He was almost going to be 4-2 and two with the rest of us down there, and it was going to be a first, uh, like a three-way tie for first. So. I think you should blame Kobach because his Lions – couldn't get in the end zone. They had to kick field goals. Uh, the refs gave that game. Well, well, allegedly. Well, that's going to be a bad idea if we start getting into that. Allegedly. Well, um, Gordy, you know, as race car drivers, you guys, at the end of the day, after a race, you always crack open a cold one. We're going to start a new tradition. Every time I have a driver co-hosting, we're going to crack open a cold one here. So. Oh, yeah. I like that. It's, you know, it's late night here. Been grinding all day. So we got a little Bud Light here. We're going to just take a little drink. We're Ooh. not going to get wild. Promise. This is our only oh. drink of the day so far. Mm. Oh, boy. Oh, where we go? How about finishing it? Where do you finishing it? But whew. I could have, but I didn't want to make you look bad on, on live TV. You already look, look at us right now on camera. You already look better than me, and I look terrible, so it does not matter. Hey, it yeah, does not matter. Well, Gordy, what are your final thoughts of uh, hosting Late Model Live? It is like people think it's pretty easy, but, you know, just your overall thoughts, you know, considering – this is your first time ever in the studio. Yeah, you know, I'll be honest. The, that first couple of lines I was spitting out, I was uh, a little nervous. Felt like it was the first time I was talking to a girl. You know what I mean? But uh, I am a smoke. So. Yeah, smoke. <laughs> yeah. No, uh, but this is awesome. So I think we just need to make this tra a tradition. So I'm just going to say right now, we are going to do this at least once a year. Sorry, Rigsby, if you don't like it, it's going to happen. It will definitely happen. Well, for Kaiser Manufacturing Late Model Live, I'm Derek Kessner. That's Gordy Gundaker. And of course, turn Dirt Track World Championship. This weekend, we're going to have full coverage. Weekend with Suave. Cannot wait. We'll have a reaction to more. Congrats to Jonathan Davenport and already clinching, you know, the championship. This is Kaiser Manufacturing Late Model Live. We'll see you next time.